Hi, welcome to Parenting the Adlerian Way. I'm your host, Adlerian family counselor and parenting expert, Allison Schaefer. Each week, I answer your burning parenting questions to help reduce the stress of parenting one tip at a time. We'll explore Adlerian psychology together and learn methods of child guidance for raising a happy, confident, capable, resilient child. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Want to teach your kids financial literacy but not sure where to start? Greenlight can help. With Greenlight, parents can keep an eye on kids' spending and saving, while kids and teens use a card of their own to build money confidence. As a parent, you can send instant money transfers, set up chores, automate allowance, and more. It's a convenient way to run your household, customized to your family's needs, and the easy way to raise financially smart kids. Get started with Greenlight today and get your first month free at greenlight.com ACAST. Hi, it's Allison. Welcome back to the podcast. Today, I have another guest interview. Today, we'll be talking with Susan Groner, who is an experienced mother of two young adults who knows how stressful and overwhelming parenting can be. As the founder of The Parenting Mentor, a multifaceted platform for parents looking for guidance in raising emotionally healthy, self-reliant children, Sue provides simple and effective parenting strategies with the goal of reducing everyday stress and anxiety that inevitably comes from being a parent, Sue provides a roadmap that shifts perspective to help parents be happier and more relaxed. Sue is the author of Parenting with Sanity and Joy, 101 Simple Strategies, and host of the Parenting Mentor Sessions podcast. And she's also a certified positive discipline parent educator. She's also the creator of CLEAR, and that's with two R's, trademarked CLEAR, a method of parenting developed through the years of trial and she says her fair share of errors too, clearly adheres to the belief that parenting strategies should be grounded in six important pillars, communication, love, empathy, awareness, rules, and respect. And this has become the cornerstone of her practice as the parenting mentor. From how to stop being the homework, screen time, food, and sleep warden to reducing sibling rivalry, the wisdoms of her methodology helps parents foster and maintain a more fulfilling and stress-free experience while in the trenches of day-to-day child rearing. A graduate of the Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania and a former advertising executive, Sue is frequently a guest expert on ABC, CBS, NBC, and Fox Networks and provides advice for many national publications and websites such as the Wall Street Journal, Parents, Real Simple, Today.com, HuffPost, and Katie Kirk Media. Welcome to the podcast. 
Thanks so much. Happy to be here. Yeah, great, great to meet you. So would you be willing to share with our listeners how a woman makes a journey from um, uh, Wharton School ad executive to being an entrepreneurial parenting expert? There's there's a story to be told, I'm sure. Yeah, it's a long story, so I will not bore your listeners. <laughs> the but I will say that I went from marketing, advertising, to starting my, I've had a number of my own businesses in between. Everything has really been under the auspices, I would say, of creative problem solving. And I ended up where I am now because I have two children who are 23 and 25. I was an anxious, stressed out mom during the middle years, more or less. And then I learned through the benefit of what I call the retroactive crystal ball, that so much, so much of what I was concerned about and worried about and stressed about was really such a waste of time and energy on my part and probably unpleasant for my children as well. So I decided I needed to share this with with other parents. I love being a parent. I love having children. And I think all of us who go into it initially feel that way and hope for that. And then, you know, there's a lot that happens and a lot of things that we do and our perspectives and what our roles are as parents kind of mess it up a little bit. Yeah, yeah, he'll mail to that. I agree. Uh, and so and so you connected with the positive discipline f- folks? Yeah, I did that after a while. I'd already written my book. I'd already done, you know, I'd already been doing my work, but it sounded interesting. And I was like, oh, I want to check this out. And I did. And it was more than anything very validating to me because I was already like doing a lot of the parent positive parenting, the positive discipline. And, but it was, it was fun. And I met some great people and now I have the certification. (laughs) Yeah. Nice. But so, but, but then you, you, you created the, the clear method. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. I mean, I feel like those elements, communication, love, empathy, awareness, rules, and respect, once we understand how those all work, whenever there's conflict or could be conflict, and we start to utilize those, everything sort of levels out. Everything, it all falls into place, and we really avoid the conflict. And so, for example, you know, we have a kid who is constantly on their phone. The parents like losing it, wants to take that phone and throw it out the window or into the lake or, you know, it's just, I can't take this anymore and gets really angry at their child sort of unfairly because it's, we're the ones who like are having a hard time with it all of a sudden. It's when we, when we feel like having a hard time with it. And so the first step I think is the awareness here. What's going on? You know, my kid is on their phone and they're engaging with their friends. They're looking at tutorials on how to do their hair or some silly fun thing, whatever it is. Who knows, right? 
So I'm lucky for them that they have this. I wish I had it when I was a kid in certain ways. Like I could make plans with all my friends. I could communicate with all my friends instead of like being limited as to how long I was allowed to be on the, the one line of phone that we have now, you know? So I would go to my child and I would say, hey, this, this phone thing's amazing. You know, I, I get like why it's so wonderful. And, you know, it's so cool that you can do all these things on it, you know, and how I had kind of explaining what it would have been like for me if I had had that or what I had to do. And like, it's really a great tool. And it's fun and it can be mindless. And you can play games on all the things that that phone has to offer are wonderful. So now I'm like, I've set it up. So I'm already acknowledging what's good about it instead of going in in a negative way, right? And then I'm saying, but you know, it's also good to take, have time where you're doing other things. And I think it's important, you know, for all of us to sort of have some boundaries and, and limits on how much we use our phone. And I'm really working on that too, because I find I'm on my phone too much. So we need to set some rules. What do you think is reasonable, right? There's, we're setting the rules and we're speaking to our child in a loving way. I'm empathetic to the fact of why this is a good thing. I'm aware why it's a good thing. And then I'm respecting them by saying, you get a part in this. I'm not going to be the dictator. You don't live in a prison. What do you think is reasonable, a reasonable amount of time to be on your phone? When are some times that you think are good, and you can do this as a family too, for us not to be on our phones and get everyone's buy-in on, okay, so mealtime. You know, and let's just put our phone, let's not even bring our phones to the table. Let's not even look at them. Let's put them in a basket or let's put them somewhere. Let's leave them in our rooms. What do you think about that? Can we give that a try? Right? And when you say, can we give that a try? One of my favorite phrases, that or I'm willing to give that a try. You're not making a commitment. You're not setting hard and fast rules that may not work for everybody and you're not pushing anyone into a corner so nobody feels oppressed nobody feels like you're taking something away from me and i'm never going to get it back and and so that's like one example of how this works and in and listening to it to, to your point every one of those pillars was demonstrated in what you just did there. And if a parent could bring that to conscious awareness, which one of these pillars am I missing? Or how can I make this pillar show up in this interaction? Um, where do you find as you're teaching this? I'm curious, uh, I, they're all skills that can be developed. Um, are there are there, there different? Is it different? Do different people have different challenges learning different skills? Like are some people really bad at the communication? Other people really bad at the respect or some people bad at the love? Or are there just some skills that are universally harder for most of us? I, I don't know. Is there any patterns? Yeah, there is. The, the one that everyone gets tripped off on the most is the respect one. And that's because I think most of us were raised as you respect 
your parents. They don't have to respect you. And I understand that. I had trouble with that initially myself until I realized what that means. What does that respect actually mean? It's not how you talk to me. It's not the tone of voice. It's not that kind of respect. It's the respect of you're an individual with your own thoughts and ideas. You have your own brain. You're a smart kid. You can figure things out for yourself. And I know you can. So when every time we tell our kids how to do something, every time we jump in to fix something, in a way, we're not respecting them. We're not saying, I bet you can figure this out yourself. I know you can. I'm here if you need my help and guidance, but I I know that you can figure that out. I know when something crappy happened at school, you know, that maybe you showed up late for class because you stopped in the bathroom before going to class instead of after going to getting to class and asking for a pass, whatever that, right? And and your teacher did something that was mean. And, you know, I know that you know what you did and how to rectify that. I don't have to tell you that. That's disrespectful. And I know that what you need from me is just a little validation and love. Right? You feel this way. You're allowed to feel this way. And I'm going to I'm going to connect with you this way and let you know that I know that it's that you're feeling how you're feeling. And it's probably an uncomfortable feeling. Yeah, and I feel parents read disrespect into a lot as motivation for a lot of behaviors that really, when we take the time to listen and have good communication with their kids, weren't about disrespect at, at, at all, you know, that. Um, uh, a child who doesn't have a high value around tidiness in their bedroom isn't going out of their way to disrespect their parents by by being messy. It's just not important to them. Like, what, what's the big deal? I, you know, but a parent can can in, hear that and internalize that as something that you're doing to me to undermine my parental authority and my property. And so, you know, um, there, there's often a very different perspective if you ask both parties to really see how they're experiencing it, right? A hundred percent. And you know what? I think sometimes it's not even that it's not important to the child, because I know that when my kids, you know, and they're older now, but still like my daughter, when her apartment is clean and neat, she feels so much better. It is important to her, but it's not necessarily her top priority. You know, maybe getting ready and going out and looking, you know, spending more time on how she wants to appear or reading a book or chilling out a little bit for her is more important at that moment or going to the gym, whatever those things may be are more important. And she knows she'll get to it, but she does prefer to have a really tidy room and a tidy apartment. And, and I think a lot of times kids don't, and, and listen, there are a lot of adults like this too, and I'm probably one of them, where we didn't really know how to approach this task. You know, if we spent five minutes every day putting some things away versus having knowing that you're going to take two hours, that two hours is really overwhelming, right? So we can guide our kids too. Sometimes they need a little help in 
figuring out how to approach a task. Any task. Yeah, any task. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Can we segue then? Um, to talking about uh, this idea that came up in reading your bio about uh, the help that you give parents because we tend to step into that warden role of wanting to police our kids when they're not cleaning their rooms, when they're not doing their homeworks. I mean, you gave a good example with screen time, uh, but food and sleep, like we tend to be, I heard uh, someone use the term momagerial, I guess that excludes the dads, but um, <laughs> uh, we, you use the word warden, there's something in those in the language behind all of that, that we really feel this sense of responsibility to make our kids do their responsibilities, and, um, and it usually blows up the relationship in one way or the other. I mean, you might get the homework done, but the kid might be angry at you or whatever. How do you guide, how do you guide parents out of that desire to, to want to step up, step in, manage their kids instead of step back? Well, I think when you say manager, it sounds a lot nicer. (laughs) And I think in certain ways we need to do a little bit of that. But the word in part comes from do your homework. You need to do your homework. Did you do your homework? Why aren't you doing your homework? You know, this, the screen time word and comes from, you know, the kid knows they have 10, 30 minutes on their on their screen or to play video games or whatever that is. And and the warden is making the announcements, you know, over the loudspeaker. You have 15 more minutes, 10 more minutes. You have five more minutes and you better be off that game. You know, it's it's that kind of thing. And then why aren't you sleeping? You need to go to sleep. You need to go to sleep right now. And this is the food you need to eat. And why aren't you eating? And you shouldn't eat that. And because I focus on the parent and the parent being happier and more relaxed, less anxious, being a warden is a horrible job. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I I don't think parents are saying, you know, I want, I, I signed up for a job description that looks like that. They didn't. didn't. And we don't have to be the warden. Yeah. What I think news in your teaching, that is the good news. I think what we need to do is teach our kids how to be their own wardens, right? Let's talk about, you know, healthy food. Let's model how we like to eat and we'll show our kids. And, and here's like a newsflash. Um, 
that if your kids aren't eating well at five years old or 10 or 15, it doesn't mean when they're adults that they're going to eat badly. Okay. You know, whatever they're doing now, they won't most likely be doing when they're adults. So don't feel like if I don't fix this now, they're never going to make it in life. Okay. That's like a really important thing. And I can tell you from my own experience and from the experience of lots of parents with older kids, that this is true. Kids evolve. It takes time. And if you try and think back about yourself when you were younger, think about the things that you did, the ways in which you behaved, the things you cared about, and how you are now and how that changed over time. I think it's really important. That takes a lot of the stress away from us as parents. And if we say to ourselves, okay, so I'm going to help my child learn to manage their own screen time, right? And listen, if they're able to play video games and work up, like do stuff on a phone, they're capable, just as capable of managing that time but they may need a little help getting there. And so sit down with them and say, hey, you know what? I hate nagging you. I hate having to tell you and yell down to you. You know, it's not my job. I don't want to do it. And I'm sure you don't want to hear it. So let's figure out a way for you to start doing this yourself. Why don't we write down some ideas of how you might be able to monitor your time yourself and start brainstorming. That's and your problem solving use- skill there. Your problem solving background. Yes. Every- start brainstorming and use that word. Let's brainstorm. Do you know what that means? Have you ever brainstormed before? And tell them any idea, it's an idea we write down. It can be silly. It can be crazy. It may be the greatest idea or the worst idea. It doesn't matter. We're not judging here. And so throw in a silly one so your kid sees how that works. And then let them pick what they want to try first. Look at this list, honey. What resonates with you? What do you think would be for you might be the way that you want to try this? And let them do it. And then keep your mouth shut for a week. Let's try this for a week and see what happens. And then let's talk about it. Okay, now you're introducing another favorite of mine, trial and error. There is no judgment in trial and error. It assumes things will not go right the first time or the second or the third or maybe even the 10th. And you have to be patient because the more you do this, the more when, like I said before, let's give it a try. Let's see, are you willing to give this a try? right? You're starting to teach them these concepts. And they're so important. They're such great life skills to have. And so after that week, hey, how did it, what do you think? How'd it go? Do you want to tweak it? Do you want to try something else? What did you notice about how this was? What did I notice? Well, I, you know, I noticed that da, 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 whatever that may be. You know, I noticed a couple of times this week, I had to gently remind, I had to remind you, okay? I didn't yell at you and I didn't get frustrated myself 
about my kid being an extra five or 10 minutes on playing video games. Because listen, if your kid plays 35 minutes instead of 30 for a month or a year or five years, it will not make a difference in their life. Okay, that's another big thing you have to keep reminding yourself. It's not a big thing, right? What's a big thing is learning time management. That's a great thing. And so if this is your vehicle for teaching them time management, so be it, right? It's okay. And now you know you're doing something good and you're teaching them a really important skill and they're going to come to it with the thing that works for them. And it may not be the thing that works for you because you're wired differently than they are. I'm wired so differently than the rest of my family. You know, my husband once tried as a, as a gift, he came in my office and organized all my papers, all my piles of stuff. <laughs> and weren't you, so, weren't you so appreciative of that help? <laughs> <laughs> well, I was appreciative of him taking the time and wanting to do something nice. And no, I was not because my brain doesn't work the way his does. My filing system is different, you know, yeah. and, and so it took me as an adult to learn that we're all wired so differently. And if you understand that your children are wired differently than you are, maybe they're not, but they probably are, or think they're going to want to do things differently. You're going to find that like, just things are going to just be so much easier. You're going to feel so much more relaxed about all these things because you're going to be having conversations. Now, I'm not talking negotiating. I'm not a big fan of negotiating. Yeah, agreed. I, like, and, and I think that this trial and error is very different than negotiating. And, you know, I've been called the nicest hard ass because, you know, when I say no and I mean no, it's no. However, I understand that you don't, you're not happy about that and you're allowed to be angry. You can be angry. Like you should be angry. Actually, that's the normal emotion to have. And so when parents are like, get angry at their kids for their emotions, you know, why are you acting like that? You know, they're acting like that because they're frustrated about something acknowledge that they're frustrated acknowledge that it's okay and normal and that you get it why they're frustrated and give them a hug don't give in and don't fix it yeah it's as, it's as important what we don't do as what we do do <laughs> you're right and 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 if we know that fixing is not good for our kids, then it's a lot easier for us to do it. If we know that, you know, like so many parents come to me and say, I just want my kids to be happy. And I'm saying, well, yeah, it's nice when our kids are happy and it's nice when we're happy, but it's not real life. 
you know, and if we keep making our kids happy all the time, they're never going to have the opportunity to know what to develop those problem solving skills and those coping mechanisms. They're never going to develop resilience if they don't have anything to develop it from or for. And, and so you don't have to fix. Like imagine that, you know, you, when your kid doesn't get invited to a birthday party, you don't have to make up reasons why your kid shouldn't be upset about it. You don't have to call the parent and say, what the hell? You know, you better have my kid invited. And you don't have to plan a really great day when that during that birthday party. So your kid has fun. You don't have to do any of that. You have to acknowledge that it stinks not being invited to a party when you want to be and that you've had that experience too. And you know, like, it's okay to feel disappointed. I get it. You don't really have to do much else. You know, a couple of weeks after that party's come and gone and your kid was fine, acknowledge that. Hey, I just want to point something out. I'm upset you were about that. Next time something comes up, remind, remember how you handled that, right? The party came and went. You're fine. You're still friends with all these people. Just that's something you need to like have in your brain that like be feel good about that, that you got through that. And you know, the more these things happen, the more experience you have, the more you're going to be able to do it. It's never going to be fun. But that's life and not like suck it up kind of a way. But it's like this stuff's going to happen. Things are going to make you feel uncomfortable. But the more practice you have at it, the better you get at it. Like anything else. Yeah, absolutely. That's such a such a good example of uh uh, rescuing our kids, really fixing, rescuing, trying to make life, cleaning up life so that they don't have to experience it. And then it, it really thwarting their development as opposed to helping them. It does. I think it, it I think it helps us deal with our um, difficulty handling our children's emotions. <laughs> but if we're that, we're, we're, we have to remember we're the adults in this situation. We should be okay sitting in the face of our kids being disappointed. We should be okay in the face of our kids standing angry at us. We should be okay standing in the face of a child who's uh, crying because there's a, had, they've had a breakup instead of like, oh, my, my kid's having big emotions. I, I better go make those situations different so that I don't have to feel it as a parent. Yeah, and, and you know what? I mean, there's a fine line because you love your child. And of course, I mean, you know, emotions are contagious. You know, if you're at a, you know, of experiences where I've been at a funeral and the person is talking about their parent who died and they're crying. I didn't even know this parent, but it makes me cry because I love my friend and my friend is sad. You know, and I, I, I empathize. I feel those feelings, which is a good thing. But I don't have to wear them either. You know, I don't that uh, you're as happy as you're only as happy as your least happy child. I don't buy into that. Because if we every time your child is frustrated, angry, worried, 
disappointed, whatever those uncomfortable, and I, you know, I used to call them bad feelings. I call them uncomfortable feelings now because it is, they're uncomfortable, but they're feelings. So I don't think any feeling is a bad feeling. It's a feeling and they're normal and human and are the markets understand that and see us have those feelings. We don't have to hide those feelings from our kids. They need to see us and they need to see that we get through them also. The more I know that like those are okay and important for my kid to have, I can feel badly for them, but I can also know these are good opportunities. That each time it's a growth, it's a growth experience, a learning experience for them. It takes the burden off of me. Right? And, yeah. You know, and you, you said before about the rescuing. So the rescuing, like the rescue business thing, I've like, that's another little lie. Like, get out of the rescue business. Get out of, you know, when you see that your kid forgot their lunch, even though you nagged them and told them 20 times to put their lunch in their backpack and they didn't do it. And yet that lunch is sitting on the counter and they're off to school. Something in you propels you to get in the car and race that lunch to school. So your kid has it, right? That's the rescue business. That's when you are, you know, it could be a musical instrument that they need for practice. It could be their cleats. It could be anything. It could be a homework thing they did that, you know, they worked hard on. And every time we do that, it reinforces that they don't have to think about that themselves, that they don't have to learn that bit of self-reliance, you know? And so in each time, it's like, it, I mean, nothing terrible is going to happen. You know, if you don't bring their lunch to school, they're going to learn some skills. They might have to go and ask to borrow money at the front office. So now they're advocating for themselves, speaking to an adult in a maybe not super comfortable situation, right? Or, and then they buy the cafeteria food. And then they, but wow, this food actually isn't as bad as I thought it was. Maybe you get off the hook making lunch twice a week. You know, who knows? <laughs> it could be a great outcome. Yeah. They mooch from their friends. Or worst case scenario, they're hungry. <laughs> and that's okay, too. It really is. They're not going to die. They're going to be hungry. And then they'll know what it feels like, really, you know, as opposed to bored hungry. And they come home and they don't have their, they had their late. Well, first of all, I have to preface this by saying, have a conversation with your kids ahead of time that you're getting out of this rescue business and that, you know, they get one grace day, a quarter, whether it's homework or an instrument, whatever the thing is, if they really need it, you'll try to get it to them if you can. Once a quarter. And then the rest of them, they're on their own. And you're here to help them figure out ways to remember the things they need to remember, whether it's daily or weekly or whatever. And again, you go back to that trial and error thing. And you just, that's the process that you take. But when they come home and you didn't bring their lunch and they're like, oh, I didn't have my lunch today. You know, why didn't you bring me my lunch? Oh, sweetie. Yeah, I noticed that you left it. Remember, I don't do that anymore. 
but I put it in the refrigerator so you have it for tomorrow. What, what did you end up doing? And then they'll tell you and say, yeah, I knew you'd be able to figure it out. Can I get you a snack? There's no anger. There's nothing punitive. You're not angry. You're not judging your child. They may be a little pissed off, but you've handled it in a loving way that just avoids conflict. Because you could say, well, I told you to put it in your backpack 20 times this morning. But you're not in that business anymore. So you're not nagging them anymore either. So you don't have to do that. Because they're having their ways of starting to learn themselves. And, and I, uh, you know, anyone to the point of trying, if we get parents on board with like, well, why don't you just try this clear method? Why don't you just give it a go? And because when you see success and you see the learning happen and you see the problem solving starting to work and you see the calm come to the house, proof's in the pudding, you know? So give it a try. Give it a try. Yeah. Try handling the situation differently. You know, if you've, if you've yelled and nagged for the last 15 years, why, why not try this for a month and see if you like the outcome? So I know it sounds, you know, the way I talk about it is like, oh, that makes sense. However, you, you know, my one of my trigger words is just because if just if it's just do it, then it's like really easy. You know, like what's the matter with you? Why can't you just do this? Right. This is not easy. This is a practice like anything else, because we're sort of wired to be those wardens. We're wired to want to control our kids. We're wired for this 18-year engineering project, I call it, which never works. It never works. And we need to, like, avoid that and focus on helping our kids to become resilient and self-reliant and develop those problem-solving skills and coping mechanisms. But again, don't get down on yourself. If it doesn't work great the first or the 10th time, try one little piece of this at a time. Try the, write down the phrases, you know, remind yourself that this is a process, just like everything else. And that remind yourself that none of this stuff is going to hurt your kids in the long run. You know, you're going to work through this together. So if um, I want to give you an opportunity for those people that are saying, okay, I'm on board. I want to try this. I want to learn these skills. I want to get more information. Can you, can you take a moment to let people know how do they, how do they sign up? How do they stay on board with you? How do they get your, your information? Sure. So the easiest thing, first of all, is to go to my website, which is theparentingmentor.com. You can find out everything there, but my Instagram is at the parenting mentor, my TikTok, which I just started doing recently, but oh, good it's, for you. I'm now talking my tips. I find like my tone of voice is really important when you hear, you can read a script, but when you hear it, it's very different. Um, so now I'm doing some TikTok. That's also at the parenting mentor, my book, you can get wherever books are sold. You can also, there's a link on my website, the Parenting with Sanity and Joy, 101 Simple Strategies. And my podcast is the same wherever podcasts are. It's the Parenting Mentor Sessions. If you're interested in being on, reach out to me. A parent comes on, discusses a current challenge that they're having, and I help work them through it with perspective and strategies. 
I love it. I love it. Is there anything else you want to make sure our listeners uh, learn from you today before we sign off? I don't know. If you want to learn more, if you need some help, reach out to me. I do individual sessions. I work with small groups and I also work with companies. So if you're listening and you have employees or an ERG that would like to have me come in and do a talk or some workshops, reach out as well. Wonderful. It's so nice to meet you. Thank you for your great wisdom. I hope oh, we get to you're welcome, Allison. Me too. Thanks so much. As you know, it takes a village to make a podcast. So thanks to my team, including Max Cotter, my editor and technician, as well as the crew at H2O Digital. This podcast was recorded in Toronto, Canada. We acknowledge the land we are meeting on is the traditional territory of many nations, including the Mississaugas of the Credit, the Anishinaabek, the Chippewa, the Haudenosaunee, and the Wendat people, and is now home to many diverse First Nations, Inuit and Métis. We also acknowledge that Toronto is covered by Treaty 13 with the Mississaugas of the Credit. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code Buttery. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, this is Kristen. And this is Jen from My Mom So Hard. And we're here to talk about By Heart. Do you remember when you were nursing and you were like, I want to give the best thing I can to my baby? Well, we've got that for you. It's called By Heart. And it is a infant nutrition company built from the ground up to deliver real innovation on behalf of babies and parents. Curious about By Heart? Redeem your welcome offer at byheart.com slash podcast with code MOMS20 for a limited time. Additional terms and conditions apply. Tell my mom so hard sent you. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.